Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. Today, we're talking about the history of South Dakota. It's part of our state series. So if you're new to the podcast, I basically choose a state uh, every few weeks in the order that they join the union. And we give like a whole history. So like climate, geography, you know, how's their weather, but also then like a timeline of their state history. So we are doing South Dakota today. It's pretty much identical state history to North Dakota. So I was debating on whether I just refer you to the North Dakota episode um, or kind of rehash the South Dakota history because there's definitely some unique things to South Dakota with like state symbols and, you know, some geography stuff. Like we'll do all those separate, but the history is like exactly the same because it was the same territory. And then they admit were admitted into the union on the same day and just split states. So the history is like identical, but in case you didn't listen to the North Dakota one, I don't really want to direct you to a whole new podcast. So um, I am going to do a state history of South Dakota, but I found a different website that kind of gives, I don't know, like a thinned down version a little bit of some, you know, some events that I think might be a little bit more uh, catered towards South Dakota after statehood was established. So we will go over that state history, but just a warning that it's going to be very similar, you know, pre-statehood at least, to North Dakota's. Um, the other thing, let's just do a little life update before we get into this podcast. Basically, uh, well, so this is coming out on Memorial Day, so I hope everyone had a great Memorial Day. hope you all were celebrating and, you know, we are, the point of the day is to remember the sacrifices of all the men and women who have served. So if you are an active or uh, if you're a veteran or active military member, thank you for your service. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a good day to remember all the, the people who have served the country and be thankful for the freedoms we have here in America. So we had some family over for a little kind of potluck sort of thing. It was really fun. Got the day off of work, which was great. Um, so happy Memorial Day to everyone. Other thing, last week we missed a podcast upload because I was going to do it. And then I got this crazy like respiratory thing. So we had this big smoke haze that covered at least our part of Colorado for quite a few days. So I had like an outdoor wedding that I went to on last Friday and the smoke was so bad that apparently we ranked as like one of the top places for poor air quality in the world, which is pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, the smoke was just so bad. And we were like, I was trying to talk over this loud music to people at the wedding and it was outside. And so I think, you know, my throat and kind of nose got all irritated and then I must've picked up some respiratory thing or it made me more susceptible or something because then, I got this whole like head congestion, started coughing stuff up for my lungs, like barely, but I did. Uh, so my voice was just sounding terrible. It's still kind of recovering. You can still probably tell that I'm a little bit nasally, but it's 
so much better. I feel like 98% better. But yeah, I every day leading up to it was like, okay, I got to record this podcast to um, get out on Monday. And it just kept, my voice just kept sounding so much worse. And whenever there's a podcast where someone is just so obviously sick, I'm like, I'd rather kind of just not have, I'd rather not have an upload, honestly, because it's just, it's kind of annoying to listen to. So hopefully this voice is not too bad. I'm not too nasally, but you know, I understand if it sounds, uh, not necessarily to your liking. Um, the other, I guess, update podcast wise is that I am still pregnant. I'm now about to be 39 weeks here in a couple days. And so I am pre-recording like a bunch of episodes this week, presumably before the baby comes. And so there will be episodes still going up after I've had the baby, like probably four or five weeks after I've had the baby. And then I'll come back on probably sometime in July um, to talk about like the birth and just like the experience of being a mom for the last month. But there will just be pre-recorded episodes going up for about the next month. But you should still be getting podcast episodes every Monday with all of our good historical information. So that is the update on the pregnancy. I'm so ready to have this baby. I would be totally fine if it happened like today or tomorrow I'm just, I'm just pretty big, you know? And I think it sounds like everyone just gets to this point where like overall my pregnancy has been 99% comfortable and I think 99% better than like everyone's pregnancy. I haven't had a ton of pain for the most part. Like my hips are holding up. I don't have like crazy stretch marks on my stomach or anything. Like it's been pretty easy. I still feel like I can move around pretty well but I'm just at the point where I feel huge. I feel pretty encumbered by the belly. (laughs) I'm out of breath, just like sitting and talking as you you might be able to tell. And so I'm just ready to have the baby. Plus I'm just really ready to meet him. Like we're so close. It's like probably going to happen with sometime within the next week. And I'm just like, I'm just wanting to meet my son, you know? What's he going to be like? His little personality? What's his face going to look like? It's going to be so cute. So I'm just, I'm definitely ready. So I would like it to happen tonight <laughs> or tomorrow. So be praying for that to happen. <laughs> um, all right. That is the whole intro. We've done all the housekeeping. Let's get into the history, geography, all the fun facts of South Dakota. let's get into just the basic facts of South Dakota. So the capital is Pierre, South Dakota. It became a state November 2nd, 1889, which again is the exact same day that North Dakota became a state. So South Dakota technically is most of the time listed as the 40th state to join the union, but it was on the same day as North Dakota, which is listed as 39th. So they were kind of a joint 
a joint deal to get statehood. And that was because they split the Dakota Territory in half. Uh, Okay, why is it named South Dakota? This is kind of the same exact thing as North Dakota. Dakota is the Native American Sioux word that roughly means friend or ally. So when they split it up, they just called it North Dakota, South Dakota. The state motto is Under God, the People Rule, and its nickname is the Mount Rushmore State because Mount Rushmore is like its big main attraction. The population is 887,000, making it 46th in population density, not very dense at all. Uh, the geography, let's go into this a little bit because it's it's pretty interesting, actually. Um, so, Statewide and like border-wise, South Dakota is bordered by North Dakota in the north. Minnesota and Iowa are in the east. Nebraska is to the south. And Wyoming and Montana are to the west. Now, the Missouri River runs north to south through the middle of the state. East of the river is something called the Drift Prairie. So that has lakes and low hills and a lot of farmland. The southeastern corner is called the Dissected or dissected till plains. So that has streams and hills, and we've heard of the till plains in some of these other states before. So that kind of covers part of the uh, corner of the state, southeastern corner. The western two-thirds are the Great Plains. So there's some flat-topped hills, which I guess, yeah, so there's buttes. Uh, There's also some canyons in that area. It's home to the Badlands. Uh, we heard about those, I think, also in the North Dakota ones and in a few other states. Um, and I never knew what the Badlands were until there's a song, one of my favorite songs by Ian Munsick, called Long Live Cowgirls, talks about how cowgirls, like, rode across the Badlands uh, when we were winning the Wild West. So, <clears throat> so the Badlands are part of this geography. It's one of the richest fossil beds on Earth. Explorers have found remains of saber-toothed cats, three-toed horses, and marine animals from an ancient sea. Okay, and then the last, like, section of geography is the Black Hills. So this is where Mount Rushmore is. It's in the southwest. Uh, The Black Hills in the southwest is a range of mountains that includes the 4,242-foot, sorry, 7,242-foot, Black Elk Peak, which is the state's highest point. It's sacred land to the Lakota, Northern Cheyenne, and Omaha tribes. So those are the Black Hills. And that is where Mount Rushmore was carved into. So that geography was from National Geographic Kids, which is always like surprisingly the best geographical site that I find. It's just like succinct enough to give you the gist and give you the different regions, but not go into such detail. Some of these, some of these websites that I find, you know, obviously they have maybe more information, but they are so in depth that it would take me like 20 minutes to read the geography of the state. If I just went through some of those articles. So uh, I will link all these below, of course. All right, let's talk climate of South Dakota. So, Throughout the course of the year, there's 23 inches of rain, which is less than the national average of 38 inches of rain. There's 39 inches of snow, which is less than the 28 average inches in the whole United States. The July high or the summer high 
temperature is around 85 and the winter low is 7. So it is very cold. Less cold than North Dakota, but still pretty freaking cold. So all of that makes a comfort index 6.8. Again, the average comfort state is 7.0. I'm honestly surprised that this one is not lower. Um, so it seems definitely more mild than North Dakota again, but less less average or less comfortable than your than your average state. The humidity, I'm always curious about humidity just because our humidity here is so non-existent. Um, and their humidity peaks at about 60% in the summers. Okay, time to get into the actual history of South Dakota. So again, this is kind of skimmed down, but it'll give like a good gist of, of what happened. So 1743, French explorers named the Laverendry brothers claimed the area for France, what is now South Dakota, to France. Uh, 1750, Sioux tribes moved into Dakota. In 1794, Jean-Baptiste Trudeau established a fur trading company. So we talked a lot about in the North Dakota ones in these very detailed timelines. They talked a lot about individual fur trading posts that got set up. And some of these timelines will call out every individual fur trading post. But uh, the fur trading company started in 1794 and then a bunch of other trading kind of picked up after that. 1803, the U.S. acquired the region from France as part of the Louisiana Purchase. Uh, it says between 1803 and 1858, the area was the domain of the Dakota Sioux Indians and fur traders from St. Louis. By the way, this is on familysearch.org, which does a very good, like very in-depth uh, historical analysis of a lot of family and and genealogy stuff, but they do have some good timelines not really related to that. Okay, in 1804, the Lewis and Clark expedition arrived in South Dakota. 1817, Joseph Lefrembois, or Lefrembois, no, it must be Frembois, uh, started a trading company at Fort Pierre. This is the oldest continuous white settlement in South Dakota, so that was established again in 1817. Between 1820 and 1840, so there's like a 20-year period in there where the U.S. military sent expeditions throughout the South Dakota area. Army posts were established in the 1850s. It says at various times the area was part of territories of Missouri, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. So again, this goes back to the thing we've talked about in a lot of these other state episodes where there'll be like a huge region. They'll say like, okay, this is the Louisiana territory or this is the Nebraska territory. And then they break off Nebraska into its own state. And then they name all the rest of it. Like this is Minnesota now. And then they break off Minnesota as a state. And so they have to rename. So the Dakotas were part of all these different territories uh, just because the name kept changing as the States like broke off basically. Um, in 1823, the Arikara Indians attacked the fur trading party. 12 traders were killed and 11 were wounded. Um, so that was like a big uh, attack there, but there were definitely conflicts between the natives and the fur traders. 
1858, the Yankton Sioux Indians ceded their claim to southeastern Dakota to the U.S. Permanent white settlements were established at Yankton and Vermilion. It says, for several years, settlement was confined to the area between the Big Sioux and the Missouri Rivers. Okay, 1861 is when the territory, like the Dakota Territory, was created. It included all of present-day North and South Dakota, Montana, and Northern Wyoming, which is everything from the Minnesota border to the Rocky Mountains. It says the first counties were established in southeastern Dakota in 1862, the creation of Montana Territory in 1864, and Wyoming Territory in 1868 reduced Dakota Territory to the area, including the two Dakotas of today. So that's when, 1868, that it got down to just North and South Dakota, and then when they were admitted into the Union, that's when they split. The first homestead was filed in the Dakota Territory in 1863. And then 1866 was something called the Fetterman Massacre. So Captain William J. Fetterman of the U.S. Army had boasted that he could whip the whole Sioux Indian nation with 80 men. So he led 80 men um, into into an ambush by the Sioux Indians along the Bozeman Trail. Oh, no, wait. I kind of phrased that wrong. Basically, he went to try to go beat the Sioux, but they ambushed him. So uh, it backfired that he boasted that he could beat them with 80 men. Uh, Also, okay, so then two years later, 1868, a treaty was signed with the Sioux. This continued the Great Sioux Reservation, which included the Black Hills. 1874, Custer discovered gold in the Black Hills. This led to the opening of that area to white settlement just a couple years later in 1876. 20,000 people came to South Dakota at this time. Like, it basically says that a lot of them left after just a couple months or years. The peak gold rush was in 1877, but a lot of people, you know, came, didn't really strike gold, and, and left. So... Uh, 1876, Homestead Gold Mine opened. The Sioux War occurred. Sorry, the Sioux War occurred, and General Custer and the Seventh Cavalry were defeated. <clears throat> now, this was later known as Custer's Last Stand. It says, "I keep wanting to say custard, but it's Custer. C U S T E R." Um, and it keeps throwing me off. I keep fumbling over the word Custer. Anyway, uh, okay, 1877. The land land closed to settlement by President U.S. Grant. The Dawes Act was passed, and reservations were to be broken into 160-acre allotments for Indian farms. So there's a lot of settlement rules and, and how they're handling, like, white settlement versus native settlement And so those were kind of the rules that were passed. Between 1878 and 1887, there was a lot of railroad building in the region. This stimulated the Great Dakota land boom. So a lot more settlers came to the area east of the Missouri River. Because before this, there were just like not a lot of settlers. I mean, even with the gold rush, there was just, it it was pretty sparse. And so, really, the building of the railroads is what helped people, kind of facilitated them to go to South Dakota more. Uh, 
1879, the land reopened for settlement by white people um, because it had been closed in 77. So just two years later, it was reopened. 1889, South Dakota was separated from North Dakota and became admitted into the Union as the 40th state with its present boundaries. So again, they listed as the 40th state. They must have like signed officially North Dakota in first because that's widely just accepted as the 39th. And then South Dakota is the 40th. So that's when that happened, November 2nd, 1889. 1890 was the Wounded Knee Massacre. It The 7th Cavalry killed more than 250 Lakota men, women, and children. Sitting Bull was killed at Little Eagle, and the Indian Wars ended. So I didn't realize that this was really so close to statehood is just still a ton of conflict and fighting between the white settlers and the Native Americans. Uh, Okay, 1892 to 1904, Rosebud Reservation in Gregory County became open to homesteaders. In 1895, excess land in the Yankton Reservation was thrown open to homesteaders, and the land sold for up to $3.75 an acre. In 1900, oh wait, sorry, 1898, over 300,000 men were involved in the Spanish-American War. It was fought mainly in Cuba and the Philistines in the Philippines. 1900, there was something called the Free Homes Bill, which became law. Basically, any surplus land was given to settlers. Uh, the last land boom happened between 1900 and 1910 because of more railroads reaching the western part of the state. So thousands of homesteaders, as I said, came and caused kind of this final land boom in that decade. Uh, Pierre's named the capital of South Dakota in 1904. Surplus lands, again, were granted, I mean, it it lists like the surplus lands that were open for homesteading and settlement in all these different counties over the next like 10 years until 1912. But basically between 1907 and 1912, a lot of lands opened for homesteading. Uh, World War One happened, well, 26 million men from the U.S., registered with the Selective Service between 1917 and 1918. Uh, so that was World War One that happened. Gutzon Borglum, who was the sculptor for Mount Rushmore, began his work on Mount Rushmore in 1927. Uh, severe drought and dust caused the agriculture problems in the 1930s. So like the Dust Bowl was de- definitely affected South Dakota. Then we had the Great Depression. The 30s, like, the 30s were just not the best time to live, I'm realizing. As I go through all these state histories, it's like the 20s and 30s between the Roaring 20s, which is, like, just seemed so fun, like, on top of the world, whatever. Then you have, like, Prohibition, Great Depression, World War One. Then you live, like, another decade, World War Two. It just is. I'm glad I live in the time that I live, honestly. 
let's see, 1939, Badlands designated, or the Badlands were designated a national monument by FDR, and Mount Rushmore was completed in 1941. So it took 14 years from start to end to create Mount Rushmore. Dams started getting built in 1944. Then we have World War II from 1940 to 1945. Well, they include the dates of like when people started registering for selective service and stuff like that. Um, Cor- Corsac Zielkowski began work on Crazy Horse Mountain in 1948. Uh, there was a blizzard in 49, a major flood in 52. Korean War happened between 1950 and 1953. Highways, you know, interstate highways started popping up between the 50s and 60s and made it much easier for people to move long distances. Uh, ben Rifel, I believe is how you pronounce his name, in 1960 was elected as the first American Indian to serve in Congress. The Cold War escalated and ICBM missiles were placed around the state in 1963, which is really interesting. There are just ICBMs like all over in South Dakota. Uh, 1973 riots by supporters of American Indian movement occurred at Wounded Knee 2 and the Custom Courthouse. So the whole history is really a lot to do with like the Native Americans the role in their history versus white settlement, stuff like that. And so even into the, you know, 70s, there were riots over the treatment of Indians. <clears throat> Let's see. 1987, the lottery began. 1988, there were severe drought conditions. And the 1990s, ICBM missiles were removed from the state. So... That is the historical timeline that was provided for, by FamilySearch.org. I feel like it gives a good gist of what happened, but if you do want, you know, even kind of a more complete picture, also go to the North Dakota episode because, again, the territories, I mean, the territory was the same um, up until statehood. So I encourage you to go listen to that episode as well if you want even more in-depth history of the state. All right, let's talk famous people who are from South Dakota. There, It was a small list, um, and a lot of them are not alive now. Like, a lot, some of the, you know, some states' lists have, like, current celebrities, and a lot of them. Not so much with South Dakota. Uh, there's a new caster, newscaster, Tom Brokaw, who is from South Dakota. Crazy Horse, who's the Sioux chief was from there. Laura Ingalls Wilder, you know, Little House on the Prairie, the best. Uh, she's from South Dakota. Calamity Jane and Sitting Bull, who is the Dakota chief, all from South Dakota. And that's about, honestly, all, all the people I even slightly recognized from the state. Okay, let's talk about uh, the state emblems. And the state symbols. Hold on, let me scroll down here in my notes to get to that. Okay, state animal is the coyote. It was named in 1949. And basically it's found in North Dakota. They 
they're giving me a lot of information about what a coyote is, which I will spare you the detail of. The state bird is a ringneck pheasant. It says it is native to Asia, but it was first introduced into Spink County, South Dakota in 1908 by A.E. Cooper and E.L. Ebert. It's very colorful, so you definitely would recognize it. It has like a bright red head, bright red body, blue and white neck. So very interesting. Uh, it's They say it's very delicious and... It's considered a delicacy in many states. State drink is milk. State insect is the honeybee. Um, it has a state fossil, as do many, and I usually don't comment on them, really, because I think it's a lot of times it's boring. But since South Dakota is known as for the big fossil fields and stuff, I will mention that the state fossil is a triceratops. The state grass is a western wheat grass found throughout South Dakota. State flower is the American pask. So it's like a purple flower. The, the petals are purple and the middle is like yellow and white. It's a wildflower that you can find throughout the state. Uh, let's see. It's also called the Mayday flower. The American pask grows wild throughout the state. In 1903, South Dakota law set forth that the floral emblem of this state shall be the American Pasque flower with the motto, I lead. South Dakota is the only state which has an emblem with a motto instead of simply a flower. The blooming of this lavender-colored flower is one of the first signs of spring. The state jewelry is Black Hills gold. So anything with gold found in the hills... Uh, the state gemstone is the Fairburn agate, which is really pretty. It's like orange, white, and red, a little bit of gray, really pretty. State mineral is the Rose Quartz. State monument, or sorry, state nickname as we went over is the Mount Rushmore State. State fish is the walleye. State musical instrument is the fiddle. They have a lot of state symbols. The state tree is the Black Hills spruce. And the state dessert is a kuchen. I think that's how you pronounce it. Quintessential German-Russian pastry is a sweet dough crust filled with custard, which is served plain or studded with fruit, such as prunes, peaches, blueberries, and apples. Kuchen was designed, or sorry, designated as the official state dessert in 2000. So it also gives you a little recipe for a kuchen. The state sport is rodeo. And the state bread is fry bread. So fry bread has been part of the Native American family meals for generations. It's a mixture of flour, sugar, salt, and oil. Then the dough is fried in very hot oil. They say it's served at home and at public events such as fairs and powwows. This was designated in 2005 as the state bread. So lots of symbols for South Dakota, which is always kind of fun. And I, and I like those unique ones like fry bread and rodeo being the state sport stuff like that i think are those are pretty interesting okay last thing we're going to talk about is things to do in south dakota because i think everyone's mind goes to seeing mount rushmore which makes sense it is like a huge national monument so yes number one on the list is to see mount rushmore i've been to mount rushmore i really enjoyed it 
it was cool to be like in the Black Hills and there's trails around it and you can see it from a distance and then there's like a museum and you can kind of go see the like a replica of um you know, you get to see, learn about the whole process of carving the stone and stuff like that. So, I really enjoyed seeing Mount Rushmore. There's also a mammoth site that you can go look at. Reptile Gardens are a big hit there. Uh, it was opened in 1935 as a collection of reptiles because um, this reptile enthusiast, Earl Brocklesby, just loved reptiles and he opened this collection. It's since grown, it's gotten bigger, and it moved to a, its current location. But you can go there and see a lot of reptiles. We talked about how South Dakota is pretty cold, so naturally there would be some good ski areas. Terry Peak Ski Area is listed as number four of things to do on this list. There's a place called Dinosaur Park, um, which I feel like we went to. I can't be sure, but this sounds so familiar. Like when we were there, I'm pretty sure we went here. Uh, but there's all these concrete replicas of a Stegosaurus, T-Rex. You know, they really are into their fossils here. There's something called the Adams Museum, which is supposed to uh, preserve and share the history of Deadwood, South Dakota. Um, let's see. The museum comprises of five individual properties that bring the history and spirit of Deadwood to life. So... It's like a historic house. There's a National Music Museum. Let's do a couple more here. Petrified Wood Park and Museum is really cool. There's all this petrified wood that they've kind of uh, built into different things. It says, notably, the entire block comprises art built completely of petrified wood, stones, and fossils. So if you're like an art buff, it's kind of cool to go to. Uh, I think that's going to be, oh, South Dakota Air and Space Museum is cool. That would be nice to go to. Storybook Island. So, uh, I will link this below. There's also a lake called Lewis and Clark Lake, which looks really, really pretty. So there's definitely some outdoor things to do, especially in the summer. Uh, but I'll link this below because this lists out 35 different things to do in South Dakota. I will not go through all 35, but there's a good smattering in there of like nature things, historic stuff, and you got to see Mount Rushmore. So I think it's worth the trip. Um, all right. That is all for what I have for South Dakota. If you're a South Dakotan, let me know if I missed anything to do or any fun history that I should recap. And I will be sure to do a little addendum to the episode with any of your uh, suggestions or comments. So thank you all for listening so much. I will see you in the next couple of weeks. Of course, again, pre-recorded. So I will check back in like probably in about a month with how the birth went, how it, it will be to be a mom. But if you hear this like the day or two after it's been released, just be praying that I have this baby relatively soon because I your girl's ready like let's get this show on the road uh, anyway have a great week I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you next week bye everyone